Well, this week, as we move towards Christmas, I've been thinking about what Christmas really is to me. And these are just some of my personal thoughts, but I'd like to share them this morning. Christmas to me is a Christmas tree decorated to kind of warm our home and to honor Jesus. Christmas is rising early and our family going to the family room and sitting around the crackling fireplace. Now, here in Southern California, we've got to open the door to make that possible and stand the heat. It's, it's seeing then the stockings that are stuffed and hung on the fireplace. It's reading the Christmas story with my family from the Bible in Luke chapter 2. Christmas then to me is pulling out my guitar and leading my family in songs like Silent Night and Away in the Manger, Joy to the World. I now have some son, sons-in-laws that uh, they play guitar. So we got three guitars going now and we're, we're having a good time. It's praying with my family and thanking the Father for sending his son to be our Savior. Christmas then is worshiping Jesus with all of you on Christmas Eve as we gather to make Jesus first and foremost before all of our celebrations. That's a, that's a special time for me and, and for our church family. Christmas is the joy of sharing gifts and trying to surprise somebody completely and, uh, and just surprising them out of their socks. It's the joy of expressing love to my family. It's the joy of Christmas breakfast of hot chocolate and Shirley cinnamon rolls, which I eat way too many of. Christmas to me is the joy of giving to other families in need like we give to the families in Juarez. It's the Salvation Army ringing their bells and collecting dollars and food by the grocery stores to help those who are in great need, and they do a great job with that. It's the beautiful lights all over the community. Christmas to me is Santa Claus holding a child on his lap in the mall, and the child is screaming for his life <laughs> as mom and dad try to get a picture. It's dad assembling some of those some assembly required toys, and he can't find part A to go with part B. <laughs> and he just knows the company left it out of the box. Christmas to me is the husband admiring the beautiful new boat that he bought for his wife for Christmas. <laughs> That's what Christmas is for me. Well, Christmas is a family time. It's a time when out of hearts full of great love, we give gifts to express our love to our family. Christmas is a time, really, that's about a family. It's always been a story about a family. It's always been about a man, a woman, and a child. It's always been about Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And when you look really close at the story, you see that Mary and Joseph gave a very awesome gift to someone in their family. They gave an awesome gift to God the Father. God the Father is in all of our families, and they gave him an awesome gift. But what did they give to God the Father? Well, today I want to share with you part one of our Christmas series called The Heart of Christmas. And in this Christmas series, we're going to look at some of the hearts involved in the Christmas story. Today I want to share with you about the gift that Mary and Joseph gave to God. And the gift that they gave to God the Father, was the gift of their very own hearts. Their hearts, which were hearts fully committed to his plan for their lives. You see, as God was looking for a perfect family in which to place his son, he chose Mary and Joseph. As God searched the entire earth, as he scrutinized all the families of the earth in which he could place his son, 
He chose Mary and Joseph above them all. So what was it about this family that was so outstanding that they would be chosen by God the Father to become the parents of God the Son? Well, I believe it's because of the kind of hearts that they had. I believe it's because of the kind of gift that they were willing to give to God the Father. I believe it's because they were willing to give God the gift of hearts committed to his plan for their lives. Mary and Joseph's actions after the angel came and spoke those words to them reveal their hearts were fully committed to God the Father. Let's look at those words from the angel. Luke chapter 1 as we begin. Look at it on the screen. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly, highly favored. The Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Well, how will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month. For no word of God will ever fail. Remember that phrase. No word of God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Well, that's a familiar part of the Christmas story. But there's another account in Matthew chapter 1 that kind of focuses more on Joseph. Take a look at this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, talking about physically, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. We're going to talk about that. But after he had considered this, this thing of divorce, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name of Jesus. This is God's word to us this morning. Mary and Joseph's actions after these 
words of the angel came to them from God revealed that their hearts were committed to God. Write this down. Their hearts were committed, first of all, to the plan of God. God had a plan for their lives. But listen, I am sure that Mary and Joseph, as the teenagers that they were, they had all kinds of plans about their future together, about building their home together, about decorating their home together as they became husband and wife. Joseph had just proposed to Mary. He had just put the ring on her finger. They were just newly engaged. And in those days, the word that they used was they were betrothed to one another. But what that actually meant was that they were already married, but the wife would stay home and get prepared to go to the husband's house. The husband would go to and prepare the house. And then when the time was right, he would take a procession and go take his wife from her father's house and in that procession take him to their house. They were considered already married, but they hadn't consummated the marriage physically. And so they were considered married, but Joseph had not taken her into their home as yet. They had not had physical sex yet. So the marriage had not been consummated. So you can imagine as two young teenagers, the excitement. They're preparing for marriage. They're they're getting ready to to set up a home together. And I'm sure that, that Mary had her own ideas about what she wanted to be. But God shows up and speaks through an angel. And he said, I want you, Mary, to be the mother of my son. And all of God's people said, wow, wow, (laughs) big change of plans. I'm sure Joseph had his own ideas about his future, about carpenter business. I'm sure he wanted to, to maybe one day hand off the business to his firstborn son. He probably had visions in his mind that he was going to rename his business Joseph and Sons. But God came through an angel and said, I want you to be the adoptive father of my son. And Joseph is thinking, not my son, your son? I'm sure they had their own plans. But God came and changed their plans. And look at this, write this down. But they accepted it. I am so impressed with Mary and Joseph, young teenagers that they were, that they accepted God's plan. Nowhere in Scripture will you find that they were crying about it. Oh, God wants us to do something different than what we want. You don't find them whining. You don't find them complaining about it. They accepted God's plan. Look at this. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Another translation says, may it be done to me as you will. And the Bible says, Joseph, when he woke up from his dream and the angel had been speaking to him, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. Their hearts were committed, first of all, to the plan that God had for them. And here's the first question. Are you committed to the plan that God has for your life? It may be a secular plan. Maybe he wants some of you to leave the vocation that you have and and become more involved in ministry. Maybe locally. 
Maybe even globally. Maybe for some of you young students, God is going to raise you up and call you into missions and to lead some other nation into, into the Lord. But it may not be a change of secular vocation, but God's got a plan for you and your life and how he wants you to serve him right here, right now. But would you accept that plan? Would you commit your hearts to the plan of God? But second, they were committed not only to the plan of God, but then to the way of God. You know, the Bible tells us that the ways of God are not always our ways. The Bible teaches that God's ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes we just don't understand God's ways and how he's going about things. But when you look at the lives of Mary and Joseph, you find that they were committed in their hearts to follow God's ways. No matter where those ways took them. No matter what those ways required of them. Their hearts were committed to God's way. You know, some of God's ways included them being married, but not being allowed to consummate their marriage physically. It was just a legal union. And all of God's men said, whoa. Married, but we don't get the physical part. It's just a legal union. Some of God's ways included Mary being pregnant, but not having the joy of giving birth in her home. Instead, she had to give birth in, in, in a small, cold, smelly stable. Some of God's ways included Mary delivering that baby, but her family not being allowed to be there to celebrate. Just some animals, just some shepherds that showed up. God's ways included Joseph naming the boy, but not allowing him to give the boy he had, he had dreamed of maybe all of his life. He couldn't give the boy now Joseph Jr. or Joseph II. Joseph needing a place to lay the sleeping baby. But here he was, a carpenter by trade and not being allowed to even build the crib for his son he was adopting. Instead, he had a manger for his bed. Joseph accepting the responsibility to father Jesus, but it was not his child. Instead, it was the son of God the Father. And for two teenage kids... This had to be incredibly hard. Think about it, women. Think about Mary and how hard this had to be. She was a godly girl, had never been with a man. She's a virgin. So when Mary said, God, may it be to me as you have said. Mary was not just setting aside her plans of how she'd like her life to be, but she was making some very tough decisions you see mary had to decide to be perceived as not pure when she actually was pure to to walk the streets and be growing and showing and listen to what was being said when she was pure a virgin Mary had to decide to be potentially divorced from her fiancé, even though she loved him dearly. Because as being betrothed to someone, if that person was unfaithful, divorce was accepted. She had to decide to be stoned for her unfaithfulness. It was a part of the law. 
unfaithful to your fiance, she had to decide, I might be stoned even though I've been completely faithful. You see, Mary had to decide if she was willing to lose her reputation, lose the love of her life, and maybe even her own life to follow God's plan. We're talking hard stuff. Teenage Mary had a tough decision. But what about Joe? Here's Joe. He's crushed. The love of her life had gone out and gotten herself pregnant. And she says, by the Holy Spirit? Yeah, right. Really? What's he to believe? And the law said that others could, would come and stone her for her unfaithfulness. But, but Joseph loved her so much. He didn't want to expose her. Didn't want others to stone her. So he decided to just quietly walk away. Say, I'm done. I've had enough. I'm going to divorce her. But as he was about to leave her, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And once again, the angel said, Joseph... Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. Wow. Now Joe has some, some tough decisions. Now Joe's faced with setting aside his plans, his dreams. He's now being asked to adopt God's plan. Now Joe's got some hard decisions. Should he trust the angel? Should he trust Mary? Was this baby really from the Holy Spirit? Should he risk his reputation in the town? What would this do to his business? In spite of all of his questions, the Bible says he woke up and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. And he took Mary home as his wife. The question is, are you setting aside your plans, your dreams, your goals and saying, God, you are first, you are foremost in my life, you are number one, whatever you call me to do, it's done. Are you willing to adopt God's plan for your life? You say, well, I don't know what God's plan for my life is. No, no angel's ever come and spoken to me. I've had some weird dreams, but, but I, I've never had an angel come speak to me. Well, today, we don't need an angel to come speak to us because God's put his word right here. And his word tells us it's very clear what his plan for your life is. It's for you to love him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. That is God's plan for your life. doesn't matter if you're a contractor, plumber, real estate broker. doesn't matter what you do for a vocation. His plan is that you love him with all of your heart. That means that you worship him. Love him with all of your mind. That means you take time to be still and know that he is God. And you listen to his word. You have conversations with God. You know him with your mind. It means that you, you love him with all of your soul. That means you obey him. You've determined in your soul that no matter what temptation comes, you're going to obey the word of God. Amen? Oh, help me out here. Amen? It means that you love God with all of your strength. And you use your gifts. You use your time. You use your talents to serve God. 
So here's the question. I'm asking it again. Are you setting aside your plans? Are you willing to adopt God's plan for your life? Are you really loving Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Are you? You see, God's way had to be hard for Mary. Had to be hard for Joseph. To to understand. To accept. To write this down. This is what they did. They surrendered to it. No matter how hard God's ways were, they surrendered to those ways. The Bible says, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born will be called the Son of God. And Mary looked at that. She surrendered to that. And she goes, I'm going to surrender this body that I have kept all my life for my husband. I'm now going to surrender it to God. Mary says, God, I'm going to be the vessel. I'll be the vessel through which you can send the Savior of the world. Mary surrendered her body. She surrendered her will to allow her very first pregnancy to not be with Joseph, but with with the Spirit of God. Women, that'd be hard, amen? Oh, help me out. I'm preaching, you guys, and you're not helping me out this morning, amen? Hard to do. But then about Joseph, after Joseph had considered this, which means divorcing Mary, an angel appears. Joseph, don't be afraid. Take Mary home. What's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth. You give him the name Jesus, and he's going to save the people from their sins. Joseph had a hard thing. He, he surrendered his, his pride. This is my, my bride. This is the first child we're going to parent. And it's not mine. It's not mine. But he allowed God's plan for the world to take place through him. Folks, their hearts were committed to the plan of God. And to the way of God. And last, through the word of God. When God spoke through the angel, they knew Mary and Joseph knew that they had heard the word of God. And first of all, this is what they did. They believed it. They believed it. The angel said, Mary, you found favor. You're going to conceive. He's going to be great. He's going to be the son of the most high. He's going to have a kingdom that never, never ends. And folks, Mary believed God's word. And listen to what she sang to the Lord as she worshiped the Lord. For what she believed. The Bible says Mary sang. My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary could have said oh God I'll do it. I'll do it. But I don't want to do it. I want my first baby to be with Joseph. But she didn't do that. She said, oh, God, thank you for letting me be the one that you would come and work in and work through in this world. And people, that's where we need to get to that place where we say, God, be it done to me as you will. 
what you want to do in me and through me to reach this world. God, do it. Have your way. Once again, Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. He took Mary home as his wife. He believed God. That it was from the Holy Spirit. He believed Mary. They went home and lived as husband and wife. And so they believed the word of God. But next, what did they do? They obeyed it. They obeyed it. He took Mary as his wife. He put her on a donkey, took her to Jerusalem. They registered there as a family, as husband and wife. And then when Jesus was born, he, he took the newborn baby in his arms and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph and Mary then took care of God's son like it was their very, very own. The question is this, when it comes to the word of God that you already know by heart, do you believe it? Do you really believe it? Have you put your trust in God's word? When it comes to the word of God that you know, are you obeying it? Are you living it out? You see, that's what Mary did. That's what Joseph did. And if you'll obey it and believe it, God will bless you as you carry out his plan. God will sustain you as you go sometimes the hard ways of God. And he will honor you for all eternity. Because Mary and Joseph were so committed, God used them sustained them in the hard times and he gave them a place of honor in all time, in all eternity. Their hearts, folks, were committed to the plan of God, to the hard ways of God and to the word of God. They believed it. They obeyed it. And God sustained them and blessed them and honored them. Amen? These are just Two of the hearts of Christmas. Two of the hearts that we're going to talk about in this series. As I close, I want to share a story, a true story with you. It's about a 34-year-old mountain climber named David Sharp. During his climb of Mount Everest, David's body gave out and he laid down on the side of the trail, laid down in the snow. He was in serious trouble. He was near death. And as he lay there, 40 climbers trudged past him on their way to reach the summit, the summit of Mount Everest. 40 of them, all of them had life-giving oxygen, but only a few stopped by and gave him a few breaths of their oxygen. Then they put the mask back on themselves and kept going for the summit. As he lay there, he didn't even have the strength to get up and get down the mountain. As he lay there, people passed him by on their journey to reach their goal, the summit. They had dreamed of reaching the summit for so long. They had trained so long. They had planned for so long. They had spent so much money to just get there. That as David Sharp lay dying on the trail... They chose to stay committed to their plan, their dream, their goal, instead of helping him. Forty passed him by. 
And David Sharp died that day on the trail to the summit of Mount Everest. Sir Edmund Hillary, who was the first ever to climb Mount Everest, had to say this. He said, leaving other climbers to die is not acceptable. The desire to summit, it seems, is, is all that is important. The only thing that matters to climbers today is reaching the top. And I am alarmed by the casual attitude of today's climbers. They are not at all concerned about anybody else who may be in distress. It's not impressive to me to leave somebody dying while they go on themselves and reach their summit. And on May 2006, David Sharp died as people passed him by as they went on to reach their dream of the summit. As I read that story, it made me wonder, are our hearts so committed to our, our, our own dreams that we not only neglect those who desperately need our help, those that we come across in life, but are we also neglecting God's plan for our lives? Are we neglecting God's way for us to live out our lives? Are we neglecting God's word for our lives? Are our hearts so committed to reaching what we think is the, the summit of our lives that we never accomplish God's plan? We never live God's way and according to God's word. Folks, this Christmas, let's commit our, our hearts to God. This Christmas, we need to give God the gift of a committed heart. Like Mary and Joseph, a heart that is so fully committed to him. Because that is the real heart of Christmas. The real heart of Christmas is being as committed to God. As he is to you. You see he saw that you needed help. He saw that you needed a savior. So in Bethlehem in a manger. 2012 years ago. God the father sent Jesus to be your savior. He's committed to you. And the savior came. And the Bible says the word Jesus became flesh. And he made his dwelling among us. The real heart of Christmas is not all of the trappings and not all of the lights and not all of the traditions. The real heart of Christmas is commitment. God's commitment to you and your commitment to him. Amen. That's the heart of Christmas. That's the real story of the, the baby that we sing about that came in the manger. It's not just this cute little story about a neat little couple who had a neat little baby and it's a neat little story. It's about two people who did some really, really hard things out of hearts that were fully committed to God. And I would ask that you would let God Search your heart this morning. And you would say, God, is my heart fully committed to you? Or am I just kind of going along and kind of playing the game? This Christmas, 
Let's give God the gift of a heart that's fully his. Amen? Not one that's still playing around with sin. Not one that's going through the motions. But a heart that says, God, no matter what the plan, no matter how hard the way, I'm going to live according to your word. I'm going to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. That's the heart of Christmas, commitment. Let's bow our heads. This morning, I know lots of you here are, are Christians. You've invited Jesus Christ into your life. But sometimes we pray a prayer and we invite Jesus to forgive our sins and come into our life. But we just kind of get stuck right there. We don't get into God's word. We don't grow. And if that's where you are this morning and you want to commit your heart fully to him. If you want to give God the gift of a fully committed heart this year. Would you pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it right now. Lord Jesus forgive me. For not fully committing to your plan. Your way. Or your word. This Christmas. Right now. I give you the gift. Of my committed heart. Now this morning. If you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never invited him to come into your life. Or give you of your sins. Be your savior and Lord. Would you pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins. I believe you came. I believe you lived a sinless life. I believe you then gave that life on a cross to pay for my sins. I believe that you're preparing a place for me to live in heaven. So I now put my trust in you to save me. And I confess that you are now my Savior and Lord. If you prayed either one of those prayers this morning, would you just simply say, Pastor, I'm going to confess to you and I'm going to confess to God. My heart is his. Would you just lift your hand wherever you are? Lift them high. Lift them proud. My heart is God's. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Father. We want this Christmas to honor you. We want this Christmas to be more than it's ever been. We want this Christmas to be about more than just our traditions and the fun times we have. We want our homes to be a witness that you are our God. So, Lord, you have our hearts. You have our homes. We offer them to you this Christmas season as worship. May you be lifted up and honored, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's church said, amen. I love you all. God bless you.